Hey guys, just wanted to share a message from our sponsor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor gives you everything you need in one place for free, which you can use right from your phone or computer. The creation tool allows you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm. As you know, I have been an actor for 30 years. All the time, I get questions for people out in the street or on the internet. I've answered some before, but we keep getting them, and so I'm excited to answer some more today. Acting Class Weekly with legendary character actor Sean Whelan. Lessons, tips, and insight into the craft and business of acting from a man who's been directed by the likes of Spielberg, Eastwood, Tim Burton, Ang Lee, Michael Bay, Wes Craven, Tom Hanks, and many more of Hollywood's A-List. He is 30 years an actor and your professor, Sean Whelan. Hello, I know this has been an obsessive topic, and I apologize to anyone who can't see it and is listening on (laughs) iTunes. But now I'm going blue jacket with blue, lighter blue shirt. How do we feel? Well, I know what you're doing. You know what I'm doing. I know what you're doing. You know what I. That's what I hate. Know know what you're doing. Eyes know it. I dang it. Was it that obvious? I mean, but that's the thing. Is it pandering? Us us brown-eyed people are just jealous. Is that what it is? Yeah, you're just attacking. When I wear a blue jacket, it looks like a blue jacket on a brown-eyed girl. When you wear a blue jacket, it looks like a C. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. But I'm having the full triangle yeah, so of blue. I, I see you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many eye puns can I make? I don't know. I scream, you scream. I, it says nothing. It does. We all it's scream very for summer. Sean's jacket. Yes. It's summer. I'm just, as you guys know, I've been talking about my uh, Paris blue jacket. I'm wearing it today because this is a special show because it's about you guys and you guys reaching out to me and asking me. We did this before, and Roxy at the end of that show just said, we have to do another one of these. And I thought, this is a perfect time. We kind of just, if you listen to the podcast in order, we kind of hit a whole thing about getting a resume and a reel and all that kind of stuff together. And I thought, this was a nice little break before we get into like getting an agent, coaching, and things like that uh to to revisit the questions that you guys have been reaching out to me about for so long i also just think we'll do probably one of these a quarter because yeah first of all there's so many questions people could ask but second of all new questions come up all the time as the industry changes and as you are still in this industry and developing as it develops there's going to be different kinds of questions yeah yeah i'm excited to and 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 last time you warned me and you said the biggest mistake i ever made was trusting you with the question so i'm i'm frightened but i I don't know if uh, i think you're going to be softer and nicer today i don't know I have no idea what would give you that impression. Yeah, I guess I guess I was dreaming. What, what about I was dreaming. me today? Said soft and nice. I don't know. I'm in a black shirt. I'm yeah. in a crop top. You're in a I'm ready to kick black butt. shirt, crop top with brown eyes. Yeah, and I'm going to Comic Con. Yeah, I'm yeah, already yeah. in a feisty mood. Look at that. You're already feisty. Look, look at that. Look, look at, at that. that. <laughs> look at that. What are we looking at, John? I don't know. I don't know either. So, but before we get into all of that, let me introduce, of course, Miss Phenomenal Roxy Stryer. Hello, hello. And in the booth, Mr. Fantabulous Jeff Graham. And uh, and we always do my week, Sean's week. Mm-hmm. One, two, three. Sean's, Sean's week. week. I went even lower. Uh, I went, and I, I, I wasn't on it. I feel like that was one of uh, the worst. It was one of the yet. worst we've ever done. <laughs> I won't lie. No, no, no. I, I agree. And I think Jeff will be political and say. I think I'll say um, tea party. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Reg- 
<laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. All rights are yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, on the table. All right, Human yeah. rights. Exactly. Uh, but boy, did I have a week. Boy, did I have a week once since I left the show. Week, week? Uh, a big week. So th- we did the show on a Wednesday. Thursday, I had some students. But Friday was my sketch show that I produced and directed all my students from my sketch comedy class put on their sketch show on friday night it was fantastic it was really really tight really fun my manager gary came who hopefully will be on the show soon and he is interested in talking to one of my students wow doesn't mean anything but he was very impressed very and awesome. uh he had said you know the the Gary had spoken to him, and we went out afterwards, and I said, do me a favor, buy him a beer. Just buy him a beer and tell him you want to buy him a drink. And as soon as he did that, they had a great conversation. That kind of sealed the deal. So, guys, if you've been listening to the show, networking, know who you're dealing with. I know my manager, Gary. I know my manager, Gary, likes people he can hang out with and have a drink, so I knew how to guide him in that way, and that helped seal the deal so I could help one of my students. Again, he he said, my manager, who's seen me do my shows over the last few years, said this was the best sketch show that he'd ever seen. Wow. Of all my stuff that he's seen. That's Improv awesome. shows, sketch shows. So that was really fun. Uh, and then Saturday night, I got to see Sir Paul McCartney at Dodger Stadium. I saw you post about it. It was mind-numbing. Well, it was my daughters grew up on Beatles music, so I went with my two daughters. Amazing. It was really neat to see a living legend. I saw him in 89 and now 2019, so 30 years apart. But it was amazing to see. That's how long you've been an actor. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Wow, that is true. So then uh, he brought out Ringo Starr at the curtain call. Or at the um, encore. Do you want more? At the encore. Do you want more? Yes. And that was amazing. My daughter thought I was going to faint. They're like, are you going to faint? And I said, I, I, I can't promise anything. I was so, so rocked. It was so exciting. Um, but but also just really neat to see someone who's impacted us all for many years. And Ringo and Paul, come on. I saw the remaining Beatles. So it was pretty neat. Um, and then uh, had a nice relaxing Sunday. And then Monday was like a crazy day. I woke up to, there was a chance I wasn't, I'm doing a workshop in Pittsburgh this weekend. There was a chance or a good chance I wasn't going based on some logistical stuff. And uh, But then I found out first thing that morning, yes, you are going. So that kind of shifted everything because I was kind of in that vibe that, oh, this is probably not going to happen. And then right into that to an hour later, seeing that, you know, Rob Zombie shoots a big movie, Three from Hell, I'm in it, or supposedly, from people who know him say, hey, he shoots a ton, and then he, you know, cuts it down. So he has a lot of different scenes, so you may not make it, or there's a good chance he won't make it. But I saw my scene in there. I didn't see me. I saw his wife, Sherry Moon Zombie, who's on the scene with me talking to me though uh and i was like yes it's that's in. a good sign it's a good sign a good it's sign. a good sign so that was really a high and then i reached out to some friends who have a show who were you know going to help me out to do some looping which is that post-production thing i do which is a really good gig and they and i said hey just reaching out to see if uh you know when does that looping start and they go oh sorry it already started and so they kind of it just kind of fell apart which was disheartening, so I was like, good news, bad news. Then I went into an audition that was solid, fine. Um, 
uh, for the show Young Sheldon. Many guys, shapes and sizes for the same role. All of them I know. All of them could do it. And I did a couple ways, and they enjoyed it. And it was kind of like I was driving home going, wow, this is the life I chose. This is the life I chose. You know, just odd news that you're next thing I know, I'm, yes, I am leaving on a plane Friday morning at 6 a.m. that I didn't wasn't really sure I was going to to get to Pittsburgh. Next thing you know, I get great news that I'm probably in the Rob Zombie movie. Then the weird audition that seemed like, this is fine, this is good, but I, you know, unknown. It's just the knowns, the unknowns, it's the roller coaster, and that all happened before noon. So uh, it's it's the crazy ride that I've chosen. You seem and pretty stable, pretty steady. I mean, listen, that. I took my moment when I found out that the uh, production job or the uh, looping job kind of dissipated. That was a bummer because uh, that's income and my daughter's going to college and blah, blah, blah. But it was also, you know, you take that moment, but then you get excited over the Rob Zombie thing because that also means that if I am in there and the scene is intact and, you know, it's not a trailer thing where they show stuff in the trailer that's not in the movie, I'm going to have a lot of income from horror conventions for that. So it's just a crazy, it's a crazy life that I live. And then do, go, getting back to an audition after we've talked about this stuff for a long time, sat there for a second, I was like, hmm, I realize I'm a tinge nervous because it's just been a while. Yeah. Rusty. Easy to shake off. And I actually went in and did exactly what I wanted to do and had fun and reconnected with a casting director I hadn't seen in a while. So Nerves are not a bad thing. Yeah. It was, it was, it was good. But it just made me think, like, that's kind of what I want to talk about, like the high of the show. And then the next thing I know, you know, my, I'm helping my student figure his stuff out for Gary. I t- made tapes for him today to give to Gary a self-tape. As we talked about, you can use the self-tape as tape. Because his short film stuff didn't look very good, and it made him look a lot. And it was a couple years ago when he was younger, and he's gotten better. So now we're doing self tapes, and so it's just kind of a crazy world that we live in. There's good and bad, and it finally, you know, things pay off, and things go away, and you're just always throwing the spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks. So well, a lot that's sticking my lesson. to you right now. Well, a lot's sticking to me. I don't know if that's no a good for thing. you, not to you. For me, nothing. I don't, hopefully, things aren't sticking to you. It's a little hot out. Yeah, it is. I'm not gonna lie. And that blue blazer. And the blue blazer. Am I'm, I right? I'm uh, and I'm using the Yiddish word. I'm schwitzing. You're schwitzing. Schwitzing is the best, best word. Mm-hmm. In the world for perspiring, sweating, it's just so it on the It schwitzy. sounds like yeah, it. Schwitzy. It sounds like sweat. It's, yeah. it's amazing. Good point. So, uh, but before we jump into our topic, and I'm going to start jump getting the questions here, uh, Roxy would like to talk to us. Well, I actually want to use a question to pull us into this because Amberly Smith said, What time is your podcast, Sean, and how do we listen or watch? So that is a great, great question. What a great if question. If you're already here listening to me talk about this, probably you found us on at least one platform, and by probably, I'll say definitely. Yes. You know, unless you've got that sixth sense and you're just psychic. Right. But if you are here on YouTube, just so you know, we're also available on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. Basically, we're all podcasts. Are. And if you're listening to us and you're wondering what the hell is this blue jacket that Sean keeps talking about, <laughs> what is it, then you might want to switch over to YouTube, especially for episodes like we did last week where we're right, talking we about resume visuals. building. We have a ton of visuals as we're talking about reels or resumes or headshots or anything of the such. Sometimes it's uh, helpful to actually go over to our YouTube, but we are 
available in both places just in case you want to uh, listen or watch later on. But if you want to join us live, it's YouTube. That's where it's at, AfterBuzz TV's YouTube page. And we are live Wednesday, 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And we're looking in the chat, too, for questions as well if you ever want to join us live so we can get to some of those. Now, while you're at these places, what can you do for us? Because we're providing you all this content everywhere for free. The one thing you can do that would be really helpful is if you rate, comment, subscribe. So if you write a comment, that lets us know how you're feeling about the show, what questions you want answered. If you rate and you subscribe, it actually boosts us up so that more people can find the show, which is really helpful because the bigger the community, the longer the show lasts, and the more people there are to connect with. So rate, comment, subscribe. It's really helpful for us. I'm missing my theme music, but you know, it just happens just sometimes. Happens. I get. I was talking about the ups and downs. It's true. Very and, true. And uh, we're not going to call this a down. We're going to call it a a bump. Uh, it's a bump. Slight so, bump. Amberly, Slight thank bump. you for asking, and yes. that is the answer that to how you can uh, help answer. and watch and listen to yes. us. Yes, yes. So, I'm excited to get to these and see what you got for me. Okay, so we were talking about this roller coaster, so I did want to ask a question that kind of had to do with that. This is coming from John Hench, who says, can you describe the struggles slash low points while breaking into the business so those of us with teens can share how tough the road to acting can be? And then they said, comma, thank you. We never <laughs> like get a that. thank you. We never you on get a Facebook. thank you. Never get a thank so you. So sharing the tough part. Okay. The so, highs, the lows, but mostly the, the lows. The, 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 the lows. I, I don't want to push back or negate your question, but I was literally just talking to someone about this yesterday that I think if you're going to do it, you kind of can't focus on the lows, the stats, the thing. But I think the the heart of the question is, you know, the sacrifice maybe, the pre- preparation that you need, what you're willing to give up to do it. Because as you guys know, I, I advocate this thing called a two-year plan where you give it 100%. After two years, it's not a ton of time of your life. You can go back to it. The lows are, you know, the odds are tough. But you can find your way through it. You have to sacrifice uh, finances, li- you know, luxuries, um, living accommodations that are really, really nice. Maybe personal space because you might have to get a lot of roommates, um, and the unpredictability, which means you don't know what's going to happen. Like I just talked about, so being prepared. You know, for that, we've talked about, and you should definitely, definitely listen to our podcast. We talk about this on the money one, on uh, Living Lean and Mean. That was a good episode. That's a really good one for you um, to listen to. I'm glad you said that because I think a lot of people, when they think about being an actor, if they're looking at the podcast list, they're not necessarily going to click on Living Mean and Lean because they're like, what does that have to do with acting? Right. But a lot That's because of an actor's yeah, lifestyle. The sacrifice you have to make. It's unpredictability and the fact that you have to live very, very lean and with very few amenities for a while while you invest in your craft and your acting and your coaching and headshots and things like that. But with that said, I know you want to inform your teen But if you just tell them to go for it for two years and not think of any of that, because if you think about the negatives and the, you know, the odds are against me. If that's in my brain every day, the odds are against me, I believe, increase exponentially because that's in my brain. 
I think you got to attack it and say, listen, here's the downside. Go in there for a couple years, give it 100%, lean and mean, low, you know, and see the risks and then see where you are afterwards. But when you're in those two years, don't think about the negatives or the low points. Have you ever heard of focus equals feeling? Focus equals feeling. Yeah, so if that's what you're thinking of. Right. That's ultimately what ends up. Yeah, Oprah talks about that a lot. I think too, initially or... it was a, a Tony Robbins uh, okay. thing. Yeah, yeah. But, but Kevin s- Undergaro says it all the time. Focus right, but that's, that's the truth. You don't, yes, you want to pass it along, but I would say, you know, you, the, the reason I don't want you to focus on it, because I don't want you to be 80, I don't want you to look back and say, I never tried it. So, if you, father, talking to your teenager, don't want to subscribe to two years, then do a one-year plan. Do a one-year plan then and and say it's going to be tough for one year, uh, but let's see how it goes at the end of that Reassess. year. Reassess, but don't emphasize the the struggle because then no one would take a risk and we wouldn't have anybody if everyone was just kind of... Saying, oh, it's unlikely. We have a ton of questions, so we're going to jump all around Let's the go. board. This Let's is on go. a completely different side of Got things. Uh, but a, a valid question from Daniel Atkins, who says, what is a rough time estimate of shooting a scene? Long, small. Maybe, Sean, you can tell us about the quickest it's ever taken you or yeah. the longest experience it you've depends ever had. On, okay, it depends on so many factors. I've done improvisational scenes. I did a movie, The FP2, and the FP with my friend Jason Trost, who they wanted me to come in and improvise, and they just kind of rolled the camera. I walked in there, I think literally I was shooting for 20 minutes tops. Um, I'm going to talk about the soap opera today, where you don't have any time. You shoot stuff like at a crazy pace. They do one take. Uh, That's really short. It depends on the project. Uh, Small independent movies, um, soap operas, larger movies take longer because they can get more coverage. What is coverage? Coverage is if we were shooting this scene. For geography's sake, meaning where are we, we'd get a shot of me and you sitting at this desk, right? From far away. A wide. A wide shot. Then you'd come in and you might have a closer shot of us two. Then you might have a dirty single of Roxy. Dirty means that it's not a clean shot, meaning you'd see a piece of my shoulder. Then you do a dirty shot of Roxy to me. Uh, and then we would do a close and clean of Roxy and then a close and clean of me. So they have a bunch of ob- uh, options. So if we were doing a scene of this podcast, right, and the podcast is, you know, 45 minutes, that could take us a full day just by each setup of all those different shots I just described. Twister. Obviously, those scenes took a really long time. Meg's, uh, Aunt Meg's dinner table was a week. Us at the drive-in movie hiding, that was also a week, meaning six days. Um, so it really depends on the project. If you are running lean and mean and doing uh, with two actors in a low-budget thing and you only have them for an hour, then you do it really, really quickly. So it could be anywhere from, I would say, at the minimum 20 minutes to a half an hour to days, depending on the project and depending on the budget. 
Okay. Uh, again, jump into a completely different area Got of the it. business because this is one I'm uh, interested in as well, but this is coming from Donald Shell. Uh, contracts and NDAs. Suggestions okay. for legal representation versus agent manager handling the forms. Okay. So it depends on... Okay, so let's explain these. Contracts in terms of I'm hired on a movie. How many days? What's my credit and the title crawl? What's my rate? How much am I getting paid? Am I um, on or about dates? When do I start? Do I have a break? Is there travel all these, per diem? travel per diem. All these kind of things are in a contract. Um, NDAs are non-disclosure agreements, meaning that you cannot discuss the project at all. Meaning I've done several auditions that way that we have to sign NDAs before we audition and get the material. A lot of them are high-profile things. Um, there's a couple shows that I know are kind of secret surprises coming out in the fall that have sent me NDAs. So they can be handled by both. So I know Donald, he's uh, serving overseas right now, and we're going to be starting lessons soon. And it really doesn't matter. A lawyer, you can actually draw up NDAs for yourself. So I have that movie crust. I'm, you know, been hustling for a couple of years. And for anybody who doesn't know, that's a movie that's a that movie that I you wrote. yes wrote and plan to star in and direct. And when I send that out, I just pulled up a normal NDA form from like LegalZoom or Google the template and did that. Doesn't need to be from a lawyer. You can do it yourself. Um, managers usually don't have the time to send on NDAs for everything unless they're going to be the manager of the actual project. Lawyers obviously have fees. So I would say you can do it yourself, but either one is fine. Either one is fine. I I honestly believe the contracts should be done more by managers because they understand the business more, and then they could check with your entertainment lawyer but entertainment lawyers are kind of big, big deals. Okay. Bigger, bigger budgets, bigger projects, TV shows, bigger films. Managers can mostly handle all of that stuff. You should be able to handle your own NDAs. I would also say that if you do not have representation, you can hire a lawyer to look at something right. still. So right. if you need one thing looked at, you yes. can get a lawyer to yes. look at that one project. Right, and the best lawyers are the friends of the family. Right, Somebody exactly. knows somebody exactly. that will look over and give you a decent rate. So a couple questions. Uh, there are two questions from Stevie Ray that I think are both excellent, so I want to ask them both. The first one is, what acting schools of thought do you subscribe to, Sean? Uh, I was trained in comedy improv from, and we talked about, the improv different styles UCB and but I was trained at Groundlings which is a little more character based um, so that's where I was trained in comedically and I was trained in the Meisner technique and I really really like the essence of the Meisner technique now my coach had studied Stella Adler Uta Hagen um, and a few other teachers in New York. So I have elements of that as well. But I really like the Meisner method because you f- take the focus off yourself 
and I was kind of a self-centered, younger, stafford kid. So it really helped me shift away from myself and get off of myself. And it also teaches you to use your imagination. And I love how much work you have to do on your imagination for Meisner because that's what scripts are. It's from someone's imagination. And if you can look at anything and believe the circumstance in your exercises for all your training, then you can do it so easily with a script. So that's my answer to that one. Their second question is, uh, and I'm, I'm curious about this one, I don't know your answer. How long were you acting before you got what you consider your big break? Uh, Well, we talked about this when I did the first 30 years an actor show that, you know, Roxy kind of called me out and said, well, you've really been acting since you were five. Yeah. Kindergarten Circus, strong man. A little mm-hmm, callback. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I learned about your fifth grade play. Fifth all the grade things. play yeah. with the girl I had a crush on, forcing her to be the lead mm-hmm. because I thought she was, it was supposed to be a pretty princess. And she I thought was she, the was, she was the prettiest princess. Uh, and then, you know, college, I did get a break in college doing a play with Daphne Zanig and got a lot of attention, but I wasn't ready for it. Um, It depends on what you call a break. My SAG card, you know, I just started working. But my big break was the milk commercial, I would say. So if anybody asked you what what was your big break, that's what you would pinpoint? I would probably pinpoint in terms of big break. Now, again, it's a... the definition to me is that took me to a level where I was working with big people for a consistent amount of time. Like, I worked for 15 years with pretty big names for a while, you know, Mm -hmm. consistently. Um, And I would say, so that was 93. um, Wait, what was it? Yeah, 93. That was the milk commercial. It was in 1993. I started in winter of 87, officially kind of going for acting. So that's six years. That would be six years. I started working in 89, um, doing commercials. I was a working actor in 89, but that would be, so that would be two years, but really, uh, really getting a big, big break. That was 93, so six years. Moving over to Instagram, because okay. we are platform agnostic here. We're yeah, all we over are. the place. This is coming from a fly white guy, 83. <laughs> he says, hi, I'm Nick. And my question for you is, out of all your movies, is there anyone that you would love to do a prequel or sequel to? I always thought it would be cool to see how the parents of people under the stairs acquired all the children and how Roach was able to escape and live for so long in between the walls. I mean, I think that one would be really cool uh but i couldn't be in it (laughs) anymore so uh i think that would be a really cool one to see a prequel or a sequel to i think that's an interesting thing but there's like a time window on those kind of things i always thought a cool prequel to twister of how we all got together as a team uh would be really cool obviously that's kind of past my prime too um but i really think that like I would say Twister for sure would be the one that I would love to see how the team got together, how we all got together, how we all became storm chasers. Um, that you know, it could be that kind of thing. Like a, I see it more of a series kind of on Netflix or something about each person's story and how they got to that team uh, to work with Bill and Helen on that hmm. team. So 
That's an interesting question. question Isn't that a really interesting question? This is an interesting one, too. And I don't know if you have an answer for this, but maybe you can talk about this kind of thing in general. This is coming from Victoria Engelbert, who said, Why do acting teachers tell me I don't have the right look for acting? Okay. So I actually had seen this one today, and I thought, well, what does that mean? Clicked and on. you were hoping that Roxy wouldn't ask you it, but she did. No, not okay. at all. Not at all. I actually clicked on it, and I thought, okay. So I don't know. I'd love to see where she's from, but I would, uh, I would say, first of all, where your teachers are, um, are it's very small-minded and narrow-minded view of what's kind of going on today. The and I saw your look and I thought, well, wait a minute, this doesn't make much sense to me. As of right now, I'm talking right now, this day and age, for at least the last few years, it's all about diversity in terms of ethnic, but also physical size, the way someone's perceived. Um, think about the female coach in Glee interesting, different. Um, Everybody wants interesting looks. So I don't know why your teachers would say that. It's We never know what's going to happen. No one knew a Melissa McCarthy would come out of Groundlings and do so well. Maybe many people told her, oh, you're too heavy. Or some people telling, you know, some people they're too tall. I didn't even know this. Some people talked about that I have bad teeth. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, Amy Schumer's talked about this. Tiffany Haddish has talked about this. A lot of people have talked about being told they didn't have the look, whatever that meant. Right, and and there's the proof right there. The best example I can give uh, that I give all the time to my students is one when I was in my Playhouse West, Robert Carnegie, Jeff Goldblum's school that he started with Robert Carnegie, said, listen, no one was looking for an Oprah Winfrey. We already had Phil Donahue. He was doing fantastic in TV talk. No one was looking for her. The uh, uh, heavy African-American woman with a spiritual bent. I mean, it's not like we're like, well, oh, that's what that we need. The, uh, that wasn't on the breakdown, no. Yeah. And she came out and made her own way. Rachel Bloom, uh, another one who I think she's crazy ex-girlfriend, and I just feel she's phenomenal because... She was studying at all the comedy places. She started to do her own um, YouTube comic songs and then got a TV series, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, out of it. Again, no one can tell you, but I would say forget the acting teachers. Don't worry about them. Wash them off and create your own content that's unique to you. Um, that, That Insecure, that's also a web series that these women made, and now it's a regular TV show. So you, there's so many things you can do to fight back positively by creating your own content that's interesting and about you and something that you feel strongly about. So if someone says that to you, ignore them, and you can point to, like you just said, millions of people who there is no look. I mean, that's what we... There is no look. There's Steve Buscemi. He's not a look. Yeah. You know, uh, so many people who are different looking do well. 
We have a live audience right now, as you know, on YouTube, All and right. we have some questions in there for you. This one's coming from Mark Walden, who wants to know, what is the most fun role that you have ever had, Sean? Ooh, there's so, so many that that were so fun. But not your, not the best, the most fun. The best one. It was the I, best fun. I, okay. Most fun role. The funnest time I, or one of the, gosh, I mean, seriously, I've had so much fun on so many roles, but I would say the most fun, as you guys know, I like comedy, is the comedy, and I've mentioned it before on the show, Never Been Kissed, because they gave me one line and let me create the character. Drew supported me 100%, and the part got bigger and bigger and bigger based on my comedic efforts and them appreciating them. So I'm getting, you know, appreciated the whole time. And then, of course, you think, just like anything, you shoot a lot and you get cut. I may not have made the cutting room, but I would say 95% of what I did ended up in that movie. And it was a blast because I just came in, just kept coming up and writing new stuff. I'm still friends with Sandy Isaac, a producer who we have lunch every six months. He was one of the co-writers and producers of Never Been Kissed. And it was it was just so much fun to have that much creative input and have it be appreciated. And listen, when the camera says, you know, cut, and the crew is howling laughing, that's my favorite thing in the world. Several more from the live chat, Sean. Got to get to these. Get them. <laughs> Speaking of fun, Garth McMurray says... Do you think you'll ever be cast as an action movie leading star? I'd love to see that, perhaps in a buddy cop movie. I would love that, too. And I'm just watching, and I highly recommend this, actors, uh, or anyone who wants to get in the business. Um, Tom Hanks did a series on CNN about the decades, 2000s, 90s, um, 2010s, or whatever, Uh and we kept, and they covered a lot of things, politics, um, culture, and then they did television. We kept on thinking, why isn't he doing movies of all these decades? Well, he's got his, he came out, same guys are doing a series called The Movies, and they're doing it per decade. They started with the 90s, now they're 80s, then they did 90s, now they're doing 2000s. Highly, highly uh, recommend that. And the question was, Sam, I've already spun out of control. Oh, oh action star. Mi- yeah. Right. So they were talking about uh, Bruce Willis in, what's the Christmas one? Die, Die Hard. Hard. Die Hard, yeah. And how he was what's like a Christmas com- one? Com- he's a I com- have to interrupt and just say that's my favorite way I've ever heard Die Hard, Die Hard described. described. Because the debate has been if it's a Christmas movie or not, so you just solved it when because I, I knew what it was when you said it. Can I tell you that when I ask people's favorite Christmas movie every year, uh, then Die Hard. that's Die Hard is a, on a lot of those lists. Mm-hmm. Uh, amazing. But they were saying he's he's a quirky comedy guy in a rom-com spy show, you know, or, or police show. And they put him in this, and he kind of found his own way. Uh, I think I would love to be that kind of guy. I mean, the Eddie Murphy part in, in 48 Hours, or, you know, the comedic bent. I think 
that you know it's kind of funny because I keep talking about how I've the only thing I haven't done is a western. Oh, but, but I then you figured out you had. Yeah. Well, no, but I mean I haven't done a buddy cop movie, but I have done an action movie because of Twister, obviously. So that's an action movie, but uh, I would love to. Sean, we have a ton more, and we don't have much time, so we got to go, get go, through go. some of these. You're uh, brutal, brutal. New on Tulip. Have you ever been in any scenes that disturbed you? Uh, disturbed me. Um, uh, yes, I think, uh, yes. When I was in a movie called Laid to Rest, I had to, my mother had just passed away and, uh, the bad guy was trying to terrorize me. So he got her body in the back of a hearse, took it out of the coffin and I'm looking over there and he stabs her in the back, which I don't know, and then just raises her up out of the coffin, and I'm horrified and disgusted. And the dummy of my dead mother was so dis- it was very disturbing. Yeah, it was pretty disturbing. And also, I had a very disturbing death in there where they blew up my head with the tire pressure thing, and that was quite uncomfortable at three in the morning for an hour and a half. Staying, I had to stay locked because they were doing digital stuff, and that hurt my neck. And that was disturbing, too. I'm curious about this. It was the second part of Neon's question. And which character of yours is most like you in real life? Ooh. Ooh, That's a tricky one. That is really tough. That is really tough. What character? Because I'm always playing really goofy characters. Um, I would like to say Roach, because he was fun and helpful and energetic and had a youthful quality to him, but was also strong and looking out for others. Now, that's really painting myself as a really great guy, um, which hopefully people think that I am that guy. Mm-hmm. But I, in terms of that, I mean, I like I said, I play so many goofy, idiotic guys, and you could say, yes, I'm more like the comic characters. But I would say either Roach in terms of highbrow, but Probably Twister in the other way, because I was a a regular guy. I was a regular guy that wanted to do well and had fun with his friends. And so I would say flattering myself, Roach, normal Twister. I'm going to ask one more. I think that's all we have time for, because I also want to give, I forgot to give reviews from iTunes. I want to make sure that I shout those out also. Do that for sure. The last question here from I am Rachie, thank you, on Instagram says, if you could choose any TV show, past or present, to star in, what would it be, and what character would you be? Ooh, I would have loved to have been on Seinfeld. I would have loved to have been on Seinfeld. Oh, well, you know, I talked about, I was very close to getting a part on The Office. Right. Uh, so maybe Rain that. Wilson. Yeah, I think Seinfeld I always wanted to be on. I was very sad I wasn't able to be on that. But I would say currently, I would say, yeah, The Office. I wish I could have been on The Office as uh, Rain Wilson's part. I was in the in the circle of the people that were ending up in that. And I would have loved, loved, loved to play on The Office. Okay. There well, you go. A, a couple of comments uh, from our iTunes ratings and reviews. By the way, we do a couple of shout-outs every single week. So if you give us five stars and you write something, we will read it on the show. Yes. Just to uh, let you know, Sean, somebody says, awesome podcast. I love, uh, this is from Redberry Blue. Ooh, you got your I, music. I love the fundamentals of acting episode. This podcast gets me through my day, and I learn so much. Thank you. Ooh. 
It's pretty That's good one. Very five stars. Nice. Another five yeah. star one from Gold Mine of Information. Oh no, no, from Emily Malden who says Gold Mine of Information. I didn't know how much I needed acting class weekly with Sean Whalen. As someone just getting into acting, this podcast is insanely helpful. Sean provides great insight on the industry and wonderful tips on how to improve yourself, not only as an actor but also as a human being. From this podcast, I'm learning that it is imperative to be kind to yourself and know yourself well in order to be successful. Wow, I'm going back to Roach. Mm-hmm. I'm, I am that selfless. You, that is you. I am, yeah, see. I can't wait till you hear the two that I'm going to do next week. All so. right, I'm excited to hear those. And then we've got a couple minutes left, and Roxy, you asked for it last I need that week. Well. I've been rushing us through because I have to know this. You have to know. I, I'm Bold a, and beautiful. Do you know how big of a soap opera fan I was growing up? So yeah. I was a soap girl. That's so, why this is crazy to me. So bold and beautiful. I had gone and read for the uh, this casting director before, and they had, I think this, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, I read for this what part. What year are we talking? Okay, this would be, uh, my daughter was very tiny. That was Amy. Amy's 15. She was probably two, so 13 years ago. Wow, okay. And uh, the I went in to read for this, and they had an idea of another guy, but the lead actress, her name is Ashley, oh my gosh, if I... Tisdale. No. Ashley, she's on the, she was on Bold and Beautiful, but she loved my work and kind of fought for me to get back in there, and it was her that really helped me seal the deal. Um, We'll get her name for you, but she was, and she became a friend, I'm just horrible at names, people. Possibly Ashley Jones? Ashley Jones. Yep. Yes. So... Very pretty blonde hair. Yes. Correct. Yes. Very pretty blonde hair, but that's a long list in the world of soaps. But I'm assuming this is her. (laughs) But bold and beautiful in that time frame. So she fought for me to be on the show. Yeah, that's her. So she fought for me to be on the show, and I played a creepy guy doing in a lab that was kind of obsessed with her. We had had so many great conversations to expand it, but my first day... They had, I got 25 pages of dialogue. They said, oh, you're going to be shooting from four to five. And I said, oh, okay. And then what do we do, you know, after five? He goes, well, there's a dinner break. And I said, oh, and then we come back at six. He goes, no, we can't go back at six. That's going to cost us hundreds and thousands of dollars if we come back and go, what do you mean? He goes, what do you mean? You got an hour for 25 pages of dialogue. You had an hour for 25 pages? And I knocked them out in 24 minutes because that's the way it rolls. Wait, but how long did you have the pages before you were shooting? Oh, I had them. I had oh, okay. them a couple days. Yeah, for sure. I had them a couple days, but still, still like yeah. that many and the blocking you go in there in the morning and they the, there's no directing, there's blocking. And so they'll say, and on this line, I need you to cross over, because I was in a lab, I need you to cross over the Petri dish. In this line, I need you to cross over and put on the goggles. Um, in this line, you're going to put on your lab coat. And then in this line, you're going to walk to the door, turn, and deliver that last line before you leave. Great, that's all you get. You did 25 pages in 25 minutes? Yeah, and it was a lot of lab speak. Like, you know, I had to chemicals and, and vials and things like that. Luckily, they don't care that much about tweaking certain words. Obviously, major... Listen, they want the engine to keep moving. The story needs to move forward. If you're making sure all the story points are hit and very specific, then they're fine with little tweaks here and there. They're not going to stop you. That's still crazy, Crazy. And once I did that, I thought, 
okay, I can do this. But this is how qu- quick it moves. They, you got one take, and you only got a second take, not to make your part better, but only if you screwed up something. So if you were doing poorly, would you on purpose screw something up so you'd get yourself a second take? I wasn't that smart. <laughs> I was never that smart. I know people do do, do that, that. But the cool, that's why I kind of respected the soap actors, because it's up to them to be good. It's up to them to be good. They don't have to be. They can, you know, do. But if they really want to put a lot of meat on there, then they have to do the work because no one's going to tell them to do it. This is for making you. us get a ton more questions, so we're going to have to do another one of these. We're going to have to do another one of these, guys. I'm so excited. I love your questions. I I think they're very interesting. Thank you. Uh, so we will do another one of these. We've got a lot more good shows coming up. We'll give you a lot of information. Hopefully we'll answer some of those questions. If not, we're going to do one of these in a couple months, as always. Great. So uh, where can we find you? Everywhere at Roxy Stryer. If you guys are at San Diego Comic-Con this weekend, I will be there as well. Don't forget, Thursday night is the premiere of the movie that I'm in, Madness in the Method. It's the JMU's directorial debut. Yes. Kevin Smith, JMU's, David Osmachi, and Stan Lee, Terry Hatcher, Dean Kane, all of them. So uh, uh, check that out if you're at Comic-Con. So excited for yeah. you. Congratulations. August 2nd on uh, in theaters and on beauty. And you, Mr. Fantabulous? Um, I'm also in a movie that's premiering at Comic-Con this weekend. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, but I, I actually am excited. I will be interviewing Andy Samberg on Saturday at Comic-Con, Ooh. which I'm really excited about. That's great. Um, yeah, you guys can find me on Twitter at Jeffrey C. Graham. And if you watch The Bachelorette, I cover that every Monday. Yes. At 7 p.m. Pacific. And I am at that guy SMW on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find me on Facebook at Sean Whalen Peeps just to join. Thank you so much for your questions. And as always, thank you for letting me be part of your journey. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.